Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you smell something, you will have a greater recall of a past event versus actually looking at a photograph of the event or someone talking about it. If you've wanted yet feared to do work that is weird, this is the show you just need to hear. Kevin Elkins is a scent maker. He specializes in designing custom scents for different spaces. You might have gotten a waft of his work walking into a W Hotel or at the Hotel Emma in his home city of San Antonio, Texas. Kevin and I talk about what it takes to be a scent maker the science behind smell, and we figure out the unofficial scent of 2018. I'm your host, Sam Balter, and this is Weird Work. Now let's listen to them speak about their jobs, which are quite unique. Weird Work. Right out the gate, uh, I just wanted to know, you're a master of smells. What is your favorite scent? Oh, my gosh. You know, I, I lean towards – I'm going to give you, like, a, a category or family, and I really yeah. lean more towards what they call, like, ozonic or aldehydic-type fragrances. And those are the ones that are uh, kind of uh, clean, papery, airy, uh, soapy, fresh. Ozonic. I, I, really, I really like that word. For just describing <laughs> anything that feels like airy, open, fresh. Well, I would picture, of course, me. I'm, I'm visualizing an area where... Okay, honesty time. It's at this point in the interview, yeah, the very beginning, that I realized the way I've been thinking about scents my whole life has been all wrong. You see, I've always thought of scents as a black or white thing. Something either smells like pumpkin or cinnamon or hot garbage or warm sweaters, whatever. But I should think of it like Kevin does when he says ozonic. I should think of sense as an experience. Okay, back to the interview. Do you have a really distinct memory or a first scent that really struck you? You know, going back to my childhood, my early childhood, I, I remember working in my parents' garden. And, you know, my father always got us up on the weekends and we would weed and so forth. And my earliest memory is of the tomato leaf. You know, we would pull the suckers off the, uh, the tomatoes to promote the growth off the plant. And then that leaf really had this distinct smell. And I'd always remember the smell of my fingertips after doing that. Um, and then in addition to that, uh, going to my maternal grandparents' house, I remember picking mint leaves and basil leaves and crushing them up in my fingers and smelling them. I mean, and this, it sounds like it was mostly in the garden, right? Yes, uh -huh, the garden. And then, you know, there's always that scent when I go went to my grandparents' house. I would go into the garage and I love the smell of the mix of gasoline and uh, uh, 
Yeah, gasoline is gasoline's not healthy to smell, right? No, no, it's not. But you know, there some people have a fondness for it. You know, I fucking love gasoline. I don't have a car, but I really—that's probably the biggest downside to not owning a car—is I don't smell gasoline as frequently, which is probably that—that's not healthy. I mean, it's probably a healthier thing for my life. Yeah, I think it's better for you that you're not huffing gasoline. You know, so (laughs) where does your passion for sense come from? Well, you know, I tell you, I wasn't imagining myself being in the fragrance industry. And I guess it really came to fruition because I wanted to create a product to introduce to the marketplace. And, you know, I I opened up an antique store and I operated that for five years and I began selling candles and soaps. So Mm -hmm. that's where that interest in this particular industry uh, began. This was back in 98 aromatherapy was beginning to to come on the scene and thought to myself, well, why don't I create a product line? And I've always had, you know, we'll call it a passion for fragrance stemming from my childhood. And then even having collections of colognes that would rival any department store. So, so, <laughs> so like, so like you were one of the people who like, let's say early in high school, you were like first adopter of cologne. Oh, it's absolute. You know, I had to have the latest and the greatest and, you know, wore copious amounts of it. That's for sure. I'm Did sure you ever go through a period of wearing like way too much cologne? Oh, well, of course. I mean, <laughs> when it, when Eternity came out, Calvin Klein's Eternity, I, I don't know how many bottles I went through of that particular fragrance. And then Giorgio Beverly Hills in high school, I wore that, and, you know, just what, what was like your high school budget on cologne? Oh, well, you know, in high school, like most people, you have your champagne tastes on a beer budget. But, yeah. You know, maybe $50 is what they would cost, I would think. Yeah. That was kind of like, you know, splurging. So when I did, you know, it was it, I enjoyed it that much that I was willing to pay, you know, premium for a fragrance. So I'd say about 50 bucks. So you were like, you were actually scrapping together money and getting like the nicest colognes you could. Oh, well, of course, I had to do that so it would match my wallet, you know, just uh, had to have the designer belt, designer wallets and, you know, designer fragrances. I was scraping it. One of Kevin's marquee scents was for Hotel Emma in San Antonio. The hotel's housed in a 19th century brewery that sat isolated for decades. So when the renovated luxury hotel opened about two years ago, they came to Kevin to craft a unique scent for the new space. And he drew inspiration from the history of the building itself. So what we did, we took the design materials that were used, you know, the building and construction materials from steel beams and brick and mortar to the fabrics that were going to be used, like worn leather chairs and uh, hand-hewn wood tables and uh, these real massive, uh, deco-inspired uh, light fixtures and so forth. And I coupled that with the history of this hotel. So you do a lot of research before you even start bringing out smells. Oh, yeah, a lot of research. Because the thing about uh, a fragrance and the creation of a fragrance is that you have to get very specific in the development stage of it because scents are limitless. I mean, you can do any type of fragrance. But when you start picking up different accords and you're identifying certain materials and so forth that helps get a vision of what the scent should ultimately smell like. I mean, I have a, uh, if you want to hear a couple of lines of 
the romance that I presented to my perfumers for this particular hotel. I can the romance? That's right. Romance. We're not talking about the long-haired Fabio knockoffs you might find in the books aisle at your local supermarket. No. Romance. For Kevin, it's a storytelling device that he pairs with the different scents he creates. So, for example, this particular scent uh, called Speakeasy, it says, an underground clandestine gathering is occurring on the outskirts of the brewery. It's a damp evening, women in knee-length beaded gowns wearing the most exotic and sultry European vetiver and musk perfume oils descended to the earth on the arms of their woolen-suited gentlemen. An Indonesian mahogany bar serves up sugar-flamed armoire absinthe. Whiskey cocktails with spicy tinctures are raised in a boisterous toast. I love it. I love that. Did you get the visual or that sensation of actually being? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So let me get this straight. So stage one, somebody comes to you or you go to somebody and you start researching everything about the space, how big it is, what it looks like, what kind of fabrics are going to be there, uh, what kind of materials are around there, all that stuff. Exactly. Then you work with. Uh, a perfumer and then the next stage is writing the romance pitch precisely if you think about it i mean really imagine the world kevin's creating it's transportive to kevin the scent acts like a spark and it ignites someone's imagination they get an idea of something that is even transformative, too. In this instance, it takes you back to like the 20s where it was really alive and electric and happening. And there was this sultry feeling, you know, sensuality, you know, that was in the air, a sexiness, too, of people misbehaving. And, you know, there are fragrances that are associated with that, that, you know, evoke those feelings, you know, whether you're wearing them or smelling them. So you you so you're like you make a scent, you sniff it, and you're like that needs probably like ten percent more mint, so it's sexier. Or I don't know if mint is the sexy one, right? No, <laughs> no I, I wouldn't say that mint makes it sexy. Maybe more like cedarwood or sandalwood or something like frankincense. Okay, but yes, exactly. Kevin has this fascinating way of jumping into different spaces and designing a unique scent, literally and figuratively. And I'll be honest, I put Kevin through his paces and the man was unblinching. If I described a space to you, could you tell me what like particular notes might work in there? Sure. Okay. Um, Loft apartment in Tribeca owned by young hipster couple. Okay. So immediately I'm I'm picturing... That type of, you know, stone accords, cements, and then definitely a patchouli, but not overwhelming with the patchouli because that kind of picks up that whole hipster vibe. And, <laughs> you know, how's that sound? That's, okay, so let's let's do another one. Let's do these quick because these are super entertaining to me. Okay, because I I have no idea. I like I when you say it, it makes sense. Uh-huh. But I have no idea how you're getting to it. I just do not have this kind of level on smells. So let's say I have a classic pizza joint and it got like converted into a music venue. Well, you know what? I mean, there, my mind immediately goes to something that kind of smells like whiskey and leather. Okay. I, okay. I'm loving this. Uh, okay. So let's, let's just do, let's just do one more. Let's say we had beach home, older couple, Kids are out of the house. 
Um, they're occasionally hosting parties located in Connecticut. Okay, well, you know we're not going to go to where it smells like Hawaiian Tropic or <laughs> some sort of suntan lotion because automatically people think that they associate that with beach. But we're a little more elegant than that. So what I'm going to say is that picture sea glass that's just been baking in the sun and, you know, this sun-drenched driftwood that has these accords of uh, sea salt, you know, just salt crystals that are clinging to the sides of this driftwood. And some beautiful ocean breeze that's wafting through like the seagrass and the dunes. That's perfect. Perfection for an elderly couple from in Connecticut. <laughs> you, are so, yeah, no, that's how, you are so good at visually describing things. Like, have you just gotten really good at this skill or have you always been good at this? Well, you know what? I noticed that it's perfected over time, of course, because our palates have changed and we're exposed to new and different things, you know, on a daily basis. And um, but you have to be that specific when you're uh, creating a fragrance. You can't just say, oh, I want something that smells like the beach. Well, the beach can smell like different things to different people. It can smell like seaweed or, you know, it can smell like suntan lotion or hot sand. So you really have to hone in on these different accords and notes that you want to emphasize in your, you know, the ultimate fragrance. Can you turn off your highly aware sense of smell or is this something that every time you're in a new city every time you're in a new building you're like dissecting every smell you come across you know what i have to say that i can't turn it off and it's just based on the industry that i'm in and i and it's just who i am and the way that i'm wired i mean i really notice the most infinitesimal detail of certain things and uh, inclusive of smell so it's just impossible for me to turn it off because i'm in that industry Working in this industry gives Kevin a perspective that few other people would have. There's candle stores, air fresheners for your car. But if you stop to think about it, there's so much of this world that's just not designed for smell. One of the worst culprits? A place that drives fear into the hearts of people young and old? That's right, the dentist. Kevin recently started bringing his scent-making skills in for a checkup. I've noticed that there are a number of doctors who are interested in scenting their offices. And I think the reason being is that, you know, when you visit a doctor's office, there's always this apprehension. You know, you're nervous about what you're going to be told, and, you know, it's uncomfortable. It's a dentist. Well, I have a dentist here in San Antonio that I'm doing a fragrance for, and, you know, he even mentioned that about... Uh, putting people at ease. And I think fragrance is an an easy way to do that just based on, you know, certain fragrances and then decor plays a part in that as well. So I've seen this uh, great interest in, you know, doctor's offices wanting fragrances. Yeah. I think that the doctors and the dentist, and even I think lawyers could get in on this uh, anywhere where you're feeling like nervous going into it. Right. Right. Like, because it's like doctor's offices often like also smell like, do- you Plenty. know what I mean? Like they Plenty. smell weird. Mm-hmm. They do. <laughs> and almost like Band-Aids or just, you know, clinical cleaning products. Yeah, I, I, like I it smells it. a lot like cleaning products. And then like, I don't know. Yeah, it always kind of has this weird smell. And I'm always, it has terrible lighting and a weird smell. And I think I'd probably be better off if it was if it like smelled nice right when I walked in. 
Well, that's where, you know, you make that first impression. You know, I think if you were to smell it, your mind automatically goes to the scent, you know, versus, you know, it kind of takes your mind off of the uneasiness of actually being, you know, present in the office. There's a definitive connection between smell and your brain. So I donned the metaphoric lab coat and learned that science plays a pretty big role in how Kevin creates a particular scent. One of the fun facts we looked up about smell is it's the only sense with a direct connection to the brain. And supposedly 75% of our emotions are triggered by smell. Correct. So do you design scents with that in mind? Well, I mean, this, this hotel lemma is a perfect example of that. What, I, what we wanted to do with this particular space was that we wanted to create fragrances that harkened back to this, the glory days of this uh, brew house. So I think when someone experiences it and they see the decor and, and so forth, it makes sense to them. And, you know, it may conjure up their own personal memories, but then it also may complete the whole experience of, you know, what this property is, is trying to convey. So you could actually craft smells that elicit, you know, new memories or old memories and things like that. Well, absolutely. You know, one of the most common fragrances that people remark about as far as uh, recalling certain memories is like the scent of grass. Mm -hmm. You know, there were, there was this big push with certain grass fragrances. And, you know, when you smell it, you always think about freshly cut or freshly mown grass. So, uh, you absolutely can create these scents to elicit these emotions and so forth. And I mean, I guess now that I'm thinking, like just thinking about things that smell like grass, you're also kind of thinking, I would assume, about the audience that's coming in as well. Like if you think that the audience all grew up in the city, they might you know, not have a strong memory of grass. You might want to harken back to something different. Yeah, it's, it's, what's interesting about fragrance and memories is that when you smell something, you will have a greater recall of a past event versus actually looking at a photograph of the event or someone talking about it. Yeah. So yeah, it's your memories come flooding back because you make these associations with people and place and time and so forth versus just looking at a photograph. It's, it's really amazing. It's so true. So we found this, this, stat that I think is so interesting. It's that people can remember smells with 65% accuracy after a year, while visual recall is about 50% after three months. It's an amazing facet of our bodies that we essentially take for granted, but so true. So, I mean, I feel like like I'm in marketing and I, I kind of wonder, like, why do you think more people aren't taking advantage of this? Like so much of what people in marketing try to do is like make sure that you remember the brand or the company or things like that. Like why aren't more people taking advantage of smell? You know, I think it's probably uh, budget issues, even though it scent is so important in creating the brand and brand awareness. It's just, it comes down to the almighty dollar. Do you, so like if everybody had the budget for it, they'd be doing it. I would think so. Absolutely. Because the trend is huge right now. And I started fragrancing the W Hotel uh, 16 years ago. And I think they were really at the forefront of introducing a fragrance uh, brand wide. And since then, there have been you know a number of copycats and people coming on board. But I've noticed it more and more 
because my my nose is is more astute and plus being in the industry of just visiting hotels i've noticed that a lot of them are really have jumped on board with uh, fragrance i start to think about wine okay a quick segue but stay with me here a sommelier someone who's an expert in taste develops that particular sense over time so naturally, I wonder if there's a way I could train my own nose to get on Kevin's level. Turns out, like Booby Miles in Friday Night Lights, it's God-given. Is there a specific training for your sense of smell? Like in the same way that sommeliers have a sense for wine? I think it's one of those things that you probably either have it or you don't. You know, oh, really? Uh, I, I think so, because... <laughs> You know, I think the training really probably comes into play uh, more so when you're creating a fragrance from the ground up and you're actually doing the blendings versus the smelling of something. So you can learn how to blend, but you can't learn how to, like, dissect every smell around you. Um, I think you could probably perfect it, but I don't know if you can learn to dissect. Correct. Personally, I, I don't know. I have an okay sense of smell. Not particularly great, but yeah, I'm okay at best. <laughs> so, so I actually have one of your scents here, and I've never smelled it before. Oh, really? Yeah. Which, which one? I, I have uh, memories. Oh, the required of those. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh-huh. So yes. I'm okay now. Now you tell me how I should do this. Should you tell me about this scent? Then I should smell it, or should I smell it? Tell you what I think. Then you tell me what I was, what you were going for. Well, let's see. Do you want? I actually have the fragrance description for that particular scent. Oh my god! Really? Okay. So um, so so let me let me smell it. Let me okay. smell it, and then I want to see. Then I want. Then maybe I'll give a description. And then you oh, give that, me your flavor, your your description. Yeah, let's do this. Let's see what you pick up in it. Okay, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm not good at this, and I'm gonna try and do it in the formats format of a romance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do that, and you know you don't have to be real flowery or you know. I don't know. Okay, if you well, just even pick up what you're detecting, this, the notes that you're smelling, or what it reminds you of. All right. I'm almost. I'm a little nervous to be honest here. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so it's to me, it smells like fresh, like I just got out of the shower, like I have like a a towel that's one of those that's extra fluffy, like it reminds me of having like a big fluffy towel and like a steamy bathroom. I feel like like I'm like I'm in like Napa or something like at. You know, not not like a winery, but more like, you know, like a uh, a bed and breakfast, mm-hmm. a fancy bed and breakfast in Napa. And I just got out of the shower and I'm putting on an extra plush towel uh, as the sun is probably going down to like dusk level. OK, well, you know what? Where, how would I do? Well, I we I have to get a clarification on this. Now, okay. do you, you have the you actually have the bottle with the label on it, right? Yeah. It's a black label. It's a white. It's a white label. Okay. It's a little. Turns black. out I have the wrong bottle. 
My producer grabbed a test sample, and Kevin and I quickly figure out that the tester, well, it was mislabeled. I have the other custom set Kevin created for Hotel Emma. But either way, it smells fantastic. There's almost like a spiciness to uh, this particular scent that uh, you're describing. So I think you've hit the nail on the head with that whole Napa bed and breakfast aspect. I'm trying to think about the fluffy towel. Maybe you're picking up on some <laughs> That was the- like literally the first thing I thought. I thought about getting uh-huh. out of the shower and I thought about a fluffy towel. That and was my number yourself one. yourself in this fluffy towel, yes. <laughs> So you're, what you're doing, you're probably, you're picking up on like the clean notes, the aldehydes that are in that, uh, that particular fragrance. That's what brings forth like memories of like soapiness and clean cleanliness and freshness. But so that was right. Probably the notes. Yeah, you, you, you did well. Oh, yes. Awesome. So you, you have placed yourself in the middle of Napa Valley wrapped in a fluffy towel. Yeah, that's, that's a good smell. I mean, that's not exactly how I pitched it to the perfumers, but I mean, I can see where you're going with that. I'm so. not, I'm, yeah, I'm not that great at pitching. This is my first yeah. smell pitch. This is literally well, the first one I, I did. Well, you did, you did well in describing it. So good job. <laughs> okay. This is awesome. Yeah. No, this is, so, this is fun. So Pantone, they do their color of the year, right? They're like their big color of the year. Looking into 2018, Pantone released its color. It's like a crazy purple. What are you thinking 2018 scent is going to be? I think I'm picturing something that's going to make our head spin. So something that's probably, that's going to go back to the psychedelic days of the 60s. So (laughs) you have to throw in some of that patchouli and some of the craziness, maybe as a couple of notes of some fresh herb being smoked. That's where I'm going. Purple haze. That's what we're going to call it. I okay. I am excited. Okay. Purple haze all the way. Yes, just psychedelic. <laughs> you know, our minds are going to be spinning to see what you know what what lies next for us. We've already been. Our eyes have been open for two, uh, 2017. So who knows what's going to happen 2018? That's for sure. You should. You should absolutely start releasing scent of the year. Oh, that's a good idea. Honestly, it really is. And, I, and I've actually written that name down, the Purple Haze. So. Yeah, I would. Lo- people would love that. People would love to know, like, what is the hot set of 2018? Like, I think curious. you're onto something. I really do. <laughs> oh, man, this has, been, this has been a bunch of fun. Th- thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Oh, you're welcome. I really appreciate it. I think I'm very excited to be smelling Purple Haze everywhere in 2018. Wonderful. Yes. Let's make it happen. If you're interested in learning more about the different scents that Kevin's created, you can check him out at solartherapy.com. We'll throw a link to his work on our Facebook and Twitter for you too. And thanks to all of you who sent us your favorite weird work episodes of 2017. I wanted to read one from Luke Jones, who wrote, Me and my wife listen to your podcast on long drives to and from our home in upstate New York. So far, we've listened to you on the way to Boston, Philly, Rapid City, South Dakota, New Jersey, and driving around the UK, and we love it. Our favorite episode is definitely the Bug Wrangler, but I know my wife secretly wants to become a professional bridesmaid, and I wouldn't mind having a crack at being a knight. Well, Luke... Thanks for taking us along with you on your long road trips, and especially for taking us across the pond. If you're wondering which episodes Luke is talking about, 
you can go ahead and binge listen to every episode now in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your daily podcast fix. And be sure to subscribe so you can get new episodes of Weird Work delivered to your feed each week. As always, I'm your host, Sam Balter, and thanks for listening. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.